Hi, and welcome to the Coaching Life Podcast. This is Chris Stewart. I'm one of your co-hosts for the podcast. Pat and I wanted to give this particular episode a little different introduction because of something that happened with the audio file after the recording. On this episode, we had a really awesome guest. As you could see from the title, we had Nathan Rourke in from the Ohio University Bobcats football team. And the interview was absolutely incredible. The conversation we had took a lot of different turns and directions. And I think the content that was discussed and the things that Nathan touched on and focused on in our dialogue was not just interesting, but I would say it was important. It was a word that could be extremely valuable to your life, to anyone's life who is listening, and we wanted to point that out. But we also wanted to point it out because when we saved the audio tracks from the interview, for some reason, Nathan's voice did not save. <laughs> and we can't explain it. We don't know what happened. We went back to do post-production on it. His voice was gone. It's not there. What we were able to do, however, was pull some of the bleed from our two microphones, Pat and I's microphones, where you could hear Nathan's voice, but it just sounds like it's off in the distance. So it sounds like he's sitting in the room and you can hear him, but it does not have the same quality as sitting behind a microphone. And we really apologize to Nathan for that. We apologize to you for that. But what we were able to do was pull that volume up whenever Nathan's speaking, and we think we were able to salvage it enough so that we could preserve this conversation and get it out there to you all. And we just want to make sure to let you know, don't judge this particular episode based on the quality of the sound, because the quality of the sound does not and cannot compare to the content of what Nathan brought us in this conversation. We were very grateful to have him in the studio. I'm extremely grateful to know him. And I know that what he had to say in this episode has the potential to really challenge and inspire many people. So without further ado, here is our conversation with Nathan Rourke. Welcome to the Coaching Life Podcast, everybody. Hi, Pat. Hey, Coach. It's my partner, Pat Martin. I'm Chris Stewart. We have a special guest today with us, and our guest is Nathan Rourke, quarterback for the Ohio University Bobcats. Nathan, welcome to the Coaching Life Podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being here, man. Listen, I, I, I like to do a, a big introduction for everybody we have in as a guest, and, and uh, there's so many things I could say about Nate, stats, accolades, awards, things like that. And uh, most people, maybe a lot of the people that were listening, they're able to find that. All you got to do is just do a search on Twitter, and you can find you know uh, the the latest awards and things like that. Here's a stat for you. I want to give you. I want to give you one. You may not even know this. All right. As of today, there are four quarterbacks in college football with at least 1,500 passing yards, five passing touchdowns, 250 rushing yards, and five rushing touchdowns. You think you know who those are? Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma. Tua. One of them. There are four of them. Nope. Not no. Tua. Hadn't played. Not before. Burrow. Not Tua. Sam Ellinger of Texas. Mm, yeah. Okay. Bryce Perkins, Virginia. Wow. Nathan right. Rourke of Ohio University. It's good company. Yeah. It is. <laughs> Very good. Good company. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I you know, already this season, Nathan's been named uh, Mac East Division Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, you've had that recognition nine times in your career 
which is three years here, right? This is you're on your th- so two and a half years really. Um, this season, uh, he was named out of I believe eight quarterbacks um, a Manning Award, uh, the Manning Star of the Week Award, and went to the Manning Passing Academy this past summer, which is a pretty awesome experience, I'm sure, and um, holds Ohio University's record for the most touchdowns total touchdowns in Ohio University football history. And by the way, he broke that record in week three. <laughs> so I, I, I think, you know, there is no question that our guest today, Nathan Rourke, will be known as one of the most prolific quarterbacks in Ohio University history. Um, certainly even in the, Mid- in the Mid-American Conference, I would say, as well. Yep. And um, we're proud to have him on and proud to talk to him. But even more so, I'm proud to get to know this brother as a brother in Christ as a friend, and I want to tell you how I first met Nathan. It's a little funny. Nathan comes to our church. We have several football players that come to our church, and before Nathan came, uh, Brett Kittrell was there, Cole Ireland, uh, Jake Netherton were the first three to, to, to show up a couple years ago, and I think it was this past spring, wasn't it? Last spring or in the summertime. I, well, in the spring, I went and spoke at Athletes in Action at Ohio University at, at, at Peden Stadium, and then shortly after that, you came, and we, we always have an influx of new students who come typically every Sunday. And so I'll introduce myself to someone and then forget who they are and, and whatnot. And you know, I've, I've watched Nathan play in the past. I, didn't, you know, I don't necessarily look at people's faces. I look at helmets and look at num- you know, jerseys. But, and, yeah, you know, that's the nature of football. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah I don't, and I don't necessarily go on and, and watch all the interviews and things like that. So right. I didn't necessarily know who he was. So, I did, yeah, yeah, nice to meet you. The following week, you know, I'm sitting there. And so he comes back, and we're sitting there having breakfast, and and I said, so so you you obviously play a sport at Ohio University, right? And Brett's just Brett's Kittrell's just sitting there like smiling, like he thinks I'm joking with him. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, yeah. And he was very humble. And Nathan was like, yeah, I, I play football. I'm like, okay, what position? He's like quarterback. And Brett finally just smacked me. He goes, are you being serious right now? You don't know Air Canada? <laughs> and I went, oh yeah, hey, how you doing, Nathan? And uh, and I, that was a humbling moment for you, wasn't it? <laughs> it happens. It, it's not. It's yeah. It's this isn't like one of those campuses where you get recognized all the time. This is. I doubt that. No, no. It, it honestly doesn't happen very often. Well, cool. Yeah. yeah so it, which is which is cool. I'd rather be. Here. But even if it, even if it did though, you'd still say that. I mean, I, yeah. you're. you're yeah, you, the, your character definitely is is one of such, and that's one of the things I want to say before we get into this. I mean, we, we're going to talk a lot of sports. You know, it's a sports podcast and everything, but one of the, one of the my um, one of the things I got excited about when you agreed to come on was we want people to just know the kind of person you are as mm-hmm. well and what's in your heart. And uh, uh, you know, it's I, I just mentioned that you you know you I met you for the first time at church. You come to our church. I had the privilege of baptizing you not long ago, um, which was just an, one of the most awesome experiences of any person's life. And anytime I get a chance to participate in that, I'm grateful extremely. And so, uh, so yeah, we'll we'll dive in a little bit of all that if you don't mind. Yeah, so, absolutely. Cool. I, I mean, like you said, it's it's like a lot of times they talk about you know accolades and right. Yeah, because we know those drive what happens on the field too there's no doubt about it so yeah i i we always try to do a little bit of research coming into these types of episodes mm-hmm. and i ran across an interview you're doing with oh shoot i can't remember the it was draft draft blaster or something like that and the, the, they are asking you about stats something about stats and you said 
that um, too much weight is placed on things you can measure and not enough into what you can't. And that kind of, those types of answers just give you a mm-hmm. clue in, in what kind of person you're dealing with because you're talking about, um, you know, what kind of teammate you are, what kind of person you are, what kind of leader you are, you know, those intangible assets that so often get overlooked, but it seems like that's the only thing we've talked about on the Coaching Life podcast when people come in yeah. to talk about it. You're you know? talking about the 2019 NFL Draft Diamonds prospect. That's interview. Draft Diamonds. Yeah. That's what it was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Nathan, really good to have you on the podcast. Appreciate you joining us. Can you talk about – one of the things we do here is we, we want to provide – be a resource for, for high school students that are making decisions in, in what college they're going to go to, you know. So we know you've you've made some transitions in your life and your career. Can you talk about the decision-making process involved with, you know, your, your just your journey from from Holy Trinity in Ontario, Ontario Canada to uh, Edgewood Academy in Alabama to uh, the, the the JUCO school, uh, Fort Scott Community College, and then you know coming here to Ohio University. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, it's been as you said, it's been been to a couple of different stops to get here. Um, and uh, yeah, always been pretty goal oriented. Um, had a, a dream and aspiration to play in the NFL for as long as I can remember. Um, it really kind of started to materialize when I was in about ninth grade, though, and that's when I told my parents, I said, "Hey, this is something I want to do. Let's map it out." We got together. We said, "Hey, well, the first thing we got to do, the best opportunity to get to go and play in the NCAA, because there's not a lot mm-hmm. of even Canadian quarterbacks to get the opportunity to go from CIS, which is Canadian intercollegiate um, athletics." To go to the CFL, like that was a problem when I was hmm. in school. And so, like, hey, we gotta go to the NCAA. We gotta do whatever we can to do that. We went down to camps. Um, this wasn't happening. They don't, at the time, they didn't weren't really recruiting my area, and they weren't really recruiting me because in high school we play CFL rules. Hmm. So that might be a little bit off-putting for some oh, really? coaches hmm. uh, because it's a different game. Okay. I mean, wider wider field, you know, different defenses. You know, it's a whole different game. Sure. We can get into that, but. Um, so yeah, it wasn't happening, um, and then just out of the blue, and I, I, you know, I say it's out of the blue, but really God gave me an opportunity to go down to mm. um, Alabama from a guy who I knew, who knew somebody, who knew somebody, who knew this coach in Alabama, who had an opportunity for, uh, you know, they just graduated a senior quarterback, and his son was going to be the starter, but he was a freshman, a ninth grade, so he could, he was undersized. And so it was really, really good opportunity for one a guy to come in like me, like myself, to come in for one year, and then leave. Some bridge quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, it, and they said, hey, "Do you be interested?" And we should, we said, "Yeah, absolutely, sure." And it was in Alabama, and it was in uh, definitely a, a little bit of a cultural difference there, um, just in terms of everything. So that was pretty cool. Um, went to that season. We had a great season. We won state, um, but then nothing ever materialized from that. Uh, we had r- situations where we were very close with teams, um, Division One offers that we would talk to. Yes, he said, you know, coach said, hey, we got to the point really with one school um, where they said, we're going to offer you um, this weekend. And then on Monday, we found out from the same per- uh, from this, the director of player personnel that the entire uh, staff had been fired. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. And Lane Kiffin staff come in. And that's the deal with college yeah. you know, sports is that college coaches are going off, you know, they're leaving all the time. So we had one of those situations and then signing day came on February 1st and I didn't have any offers and at that point, you know, junior college starts becoming an option and they start calling and 
Um, Fort Scott was the only one where their head coach actually drove from Kansas to Alabama to meet me, which was really cool and really meant a lot to me. My, uh, my mom, who was staying with me at the time in Alabama, and uh, we flew over there, signed there, and did that, and then went through that season, which, is, which was an adventure again. Um, just that environment, the junior college environment, is, is, is definitely difficult for, um, I think, a lot of people. Yeah. And especially, and you know, for myself as well. Um, and then, what what would you say? What would you say is dif- is dif- the most difficult about it? What's yeah. what's some of the difficult aspects? Because junior college is a good when we're you know we talk a lot of baseball, and it's a great route for people if they want to ha- if they have big baseball dreams. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't understand that. They yeah. don't under- they, they they look down on JUCO, like like it's beneath them. You know, like it's not a good it's not a good route. But obviously, it was a great route for you. But you knew there were some challenges too. What, what what made it difficult? Yeah, it's a little bit different. Well, I think it's the same in that. And then correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of people go to junior college for academic reasons. Is that correct for baseball as well? Because they because they're unable to do well. Yeah. They're unable to get get accepted in. Uh, yeah, by the NCAA codes and. Um, that's true for football too. That's yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that, that, was, yeah. that was to my point. Yeah, so there's a lot of different reasons why people go. Mm-hmm. So there's either academics. Or for football, there's um, there's issues where people are at. They're called bounce backs that come from big schools, and then they bounce back to yeah. college yeah. this season or whatnot because they don't lose any eligibility and mm-hmm. then they go somewhere else. That's mm-hmm. the goal. And so you have the, the combination of local pe- local kids uh, who can get to a bigger go to a bigger school. You have the com- um, a, a group of people who are bounce backs who mm-hmm. are Division One talent, but for some reason or another, they have to be. They couldn't. They can't get to school that they were at. Yeah. I had people on my team that had it was related to drugs, it was related mm-hmm. to uh, things with the law. Um, Probably injuries. Uh, kept held them back. And then it was like coaching decisions. They weren't playing. Like we had everything. And then we had kids like myself who just didn't have any offers. Yeah. We had all that's these a, different personalities. Yeah, that's on. a big mix of people right there. And when you're all trying to go and mm. leave the place that you're at, it's so hard to rebuild any team chemistry. Yeah. Have a bunch of it. It's a springboard. Yeah. Yeah. There for themselves, and you're trying to get some kind of team cohesion because when you get, I mean, obviously we know that when you are successful as a team, you get individual recognition that, that comes mm-hmm. from it. But when you're trying to get individual recognition, and yeah, that's the first thing. <laughs> it's it's kind of travel, travel baseball. Yeah. I, I see Pat looking at me out of the corner of his eye because he and I talk about this a lot in ter- in relation to travel baseball versus high school baseball. Yeah. The difference in the camaraderie and the teammates. You know, and, and you know, just the community and, and high school baseball versus a lot, lot of times the issues you have with travel sports and club sports is that everybody, it's you got a lot of great individual talent out there. <laughs> we probably but it's hard to create a team out of those. We people. probably ruffle some feathers when we, we talk about things like that. But it's the but truth. Yeah, I think it's so. absolutely the truth. Yeah. And the other thing was, as yeah, she had that dynamic going on, but the other thing was is that um, if there was any other reason that you loved football or you liked football, you played football, which was maybe the equipment or the perks that you got or the. Um, or the fans, the recognition, the media attention, none of that existed when I was in junior college. Mm-mm. So if you, I tell people. It's humble beginnings. Yeah, I tell people all the time, if you, when you go to junior college, you find out if you love football. Yeah. Huh. Or you love whatever you're doing, whatever mm-hmm. sport it might be, baseball. Yeah. Because all you have is, and I'm not, a, I don't, I'm not, a, I, 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 I do school, like I, I, I like some of my classes, but I don't particularly love it. But I, I did school so that I would be able to mm-hmm. help my, my football career. 
and not everyone is ever is willing to do that. So you don't you don't really love football if you're not willing to mm. do the academic stuff. Yeah. So basically, if you if you're okay with playing in front of you know 200 people every night, if you're okay with it, no one ever talking about you, if you're okay with not getting a lot of stuff, you know, yeah. doing all the stuff that's not glamorous, and you still love football, you're gonna get out. That's the key. Yeah. If you're okay with all that stuff that's not there, and I was, and and I was fortunate to be able to come to Ohio University and do that. How that how that happen? Um, I was able to have a, a a pretty good season to be able to ha- start getting some some offers. And mm-hmm. Started with some FCS schools, um, and then it came down to uh, here in another Mac school and visited both schools. And like I kind of kind of through my um, through my recruiting process in high school with the coaches that left and all these different things that were going around my junior college coach um he went to kansas he played he played football at kansas and he had i think three different head coaches or like four or five different position coaches while he was there four years or Hmm. there five years and he had different position coach like every year and he said hey if you ever get the opportunity to go to a program that has consistency like take advantage of that and when i came to ohio kind of that coach Silich and Mm -hmm. alvin and at the time coach burrow yeah had, had all been there for such a long time and they were, and they built something there, and didn't look like they were ever going to try to leave. That was like, yeah. I mean, that's something that's really rare in college sports. It is. And um, been really fortunate to be able to go through, you know, it's my maybe my third year here, and their coach Solich is still here. He's still. Mm-hmm. There's no talk of him ever leaving. Here's Coach Alvin still here. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Coach Burrow left, but. Um, for reasons well, everybody you, understands, yeah. right? Yeah, it doesn't affect, but it doesn't really affect me. Yeah, <laughs> and you and you were able. You guys were fortunate enough to have an existing coach step into the position that Coach Burrow had. You know, with, with yeah, with Ron Collins. Yeah. So it, it's been it's been really. I was really fortunate, and that's not that doesn't happen very often, that, right, right. especially at a, at a program like uh, like a you know, yeah. smaller school like Ohio, but it. It's. I was really fortunate, and then the people here. Are, I mean, I found that out a little bit later, but the people here are great. Mm-hmm. It's been a really awesome fit. Um, but that's basically what it came down to for me. Cool. I watched your highlight film from. I guess it would have been Edgewood. Yeah. It was. It was <laughs> on YouTube. The. It was. It was comical. I told Pat. I said, "You got to watch this because it looks like a video game." The. The, the, the scrambling. Was, I mean, there were, there were times when you ran backwards 20 and 30 yards and then got out of it. and, and uh, it was, it was I, thought, I thought to myself, don't throw, don't throw your lineman or 20 yards down the field probably. And <laughs> just went ahead and took <laughs> off. So. It's like, yeah, you were, you, it was effortless, I guess, that you hear people yeah. say that. But I, I, I liken it to, remember when, when you'd watch Terrell Pryor run, the, the old yeah. Ohio State quarterback? Yeah. It always looked like he was running slow. Yet he was blowing by everybody. Right. I don't know if it was the length of the, le- of the stride or what, but but uh, I. Yeah, you were going slow, but no one could catch up with you. <laughs> like it's like they were. And so you know it's not slow. It's just it's just effortless. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, stuff. you're hard to bring down. That's for sure. And that carried over into college as well. It's what's it's what's made you a big part of the personality, the, the quarterback personality that you have today. But speaking of that, you know, it's it's no secret. I mean, it, you you. Kind of downplayed it a little bit, but I, you know, you walked into this building, and of course, this is a, this is a communications building, so there's a lot of journalists here. So I know, you know, all the students I work with recognize you and know who you are, and you're a very recognizable person. And uh, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of ways that that can become a positive and a negative in today's mm-hmm. world with social media, all the social media platforms, and 
constant chatter and hype. Um, there's so many ways for people to share ideas and information and, and opinions, and it can be um, it could be a good thing, I think, uh, in terms of putting people, um, giving people the opportunity to have a wider exposure. But it can also be a negative thing and a distraction to your goals. Would you, you know, mind talking a little bit about how you keep those things from being a distraction to your goal? You know, you're able to maintain focus. I noticed that you, you made a, a tweet in August saying it's time to get to work, and then that was the last time we saw anything from you on Twitter. Yeah. So when I don't remember when I started doing it, and I, I'm trying to remember if I started doing it when I was at junior college or not. Um, but it was definitely my first year at Ohio. It may have been the year before that. But I. During the season, I, I, I noticed that uh, Steph Curry and LeBron, it was spe- specifically, I think it was LeBron, he said, yeah, yeah, hashtag zero dark 30. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. When he goes in the playoffs, he deletes his social media. And obviously, it's a little bit different for us. So I said, hey, I'm just going to try it, see what happens. Um, you know, when the season came along, I just deleted all my social media from my phone. Mm-hmm. So none of the apps are on my phone. And so I've been doing that every season. And... Um, for me, it's it's. I've never really been one to um, get motivated from from negative criticism from other people because I've always been intrinsically motivated. Yeah. But it's a lot of times it's the 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 positive stuff that other people are saying, like being highlights of myself and doing that stuff that I'm so worried and about trying to get that into like get, for that getting into my head because I always want to feel I don't want to have any sense of entitlement. Right. So for me, that was always the biggest thing about I, I don't want that to be in my head. I want to be thinking about, you know, my teammates. I want to be thinking about, you know, what, who we're playing next and not what I've done in the past. And so social media, deleting it, getting rid of it has been a big thing for me. And, just, and then the other thing was it was, it was, it was just to try to get um, more relational. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I, I struggle with the fact that I'm on my phone, like, way too much, like, way too often and there's good parts like I have the top of my phone that I use for mm-hmm. a bit but I'm texting and I'm, you know, I'm watching videos or I'm filming there I could be talking to people and I'm not great at that it's because I'm always on my phone so it was a, it was a, it's a it, there's a bunch of different things for it and I'm looking at the fact after the season not not bringing it back just mm-hmm. to see if that can make wow. my lifestyle yeah. because I, when I'm going to pro training and stuff like that I don't want that distraction anyway right right and um, but there's I mean there's other reasons for it and stuff like that that don't relate to sport but um, that's the reasons that I started doing it and I think it's been I I recommend it highly to anybody who doesn't just wants to get away from that stuff because it's one of the best things I think that's an excellent word yeah I think it's good advice for for high school students too yeah I mean you know, it, and he, this isn't an old man this is 21 year old <laughs> college student who's right. saying he put his phone down. I, one of the best things I ever did was a, I did a, a week-long digital detox a couple years ago, and it's something that I actually do now. I, I just continued it. We, w- we went on uh, vacation to a lake down in Virginia, Smith Mountain Lake, and I said, you know what? When we get here, I, w- I was using the phone for the map. <laughs> so when I said, when we get here, I'm going to shut my phone off. I'm going to set it down on its face on, on a, and stick it inside of, you know, the dresser drawer. And I'm not going to pick it up again until we leave a week later. And that's exactly what I did. It's one of the best weeks of my life. Yeah. And you don't realize how much you're not missing. I mean, you're, you might be missing a lot that's going on out there, but you don't need it. Right. You don't need all that stuff. And it was, it forced me. I, the first thing I noticed was when I got up in the morning, I, you know, a lot of times without even thinking about it, the first thing I, I'll do is check, just start checking stuff, oh email, yeah. tw- you know, different yep. social medias, whatever. But I, I got up in the morning, I went, 
all right, I guess I'm going to go up and make breakfast. And then, my, you know, we were there with a bunch of family members. My mother-in-law would get up, and she'd, she'd come out there, and instead of me staring at a phone while having a conversation with her, I had a meaningful conversation with her. And then we'd go, you know, go for walks and do things. And it just, it, I realized there's a lot of life that's missed just by, by that. And so that's a, thanks for reminding us that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm going on vacation this after the season, so mm-hmm. we see family out there. And that's something that, given the situation, like, like that's the time where I have to go choose, like, who I'm going to work yeah. with and all that mess. But I'm hoping that that's the time where I can do that. Yeah. Just, I haven't seen those people in a while. But right. also be cool. I don't know what that's like. I know. Uh-huh. Yeah, your entire life has been digital. I mean, you've been you've grown up in the digital age. Yeah. yeah. And I forget what it's like and, and until you actually make a an intentional decision yeah. to do it. You forget what it's like. Yeah. I life is a lot. I tell you, the hardest thing was we were out, we kind of in the country and there was a, a grocery store, and I and we needed supplies. You know, like midway through the week, I'm like, I'll go get them. And I and I thought I've got to draw myself a map. <laughs> Because I would normally just type it in and just right. follow the GPS, but I I actually got a map out, and 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 wrote down the directions to this grocery store, huh. which is something I hadn't done in since I was in high school probably. Yeah, I might be a little but wait a minute since I was in college type so. stuff there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's an IT guy. <laughs> yeah, but you know I'm not. I'm probably one of the worst IT guys <laughs> when it comes to technology at home but I, d- I do i am on my phone way too much i know that i recognize that but there's a time when everyone around me had a phone and i didn't have a phone yeah. and i've actually thought about just getting rid of it you know yeah. my facebook accounts and things like that and hey it can just, be done it's like the life the, still goes on the, yeah definitely the cut the contact management portion of it is what was what always yeah. holds me in but you know it's like i'm just going to use it for that and then you're you know yeah. liking the you know the yeah, snowbiz commercial or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but uh, Nathan, one of the uh, the things that we want to do is is help high school athletes prepare for college. And you know, we've had some people on, and, and we always ask them, you know, for advice basically on you know what you would tell high school students to do if they they wanted to become uh, an athlete, a college athlete. And uh, can you talk about some of the things that you did? Uh, during high school, you know, intentionally did to prepare you a- as an athlete in college and maybe uh, some of the things that you wish you would have um, done differently or wish you had spent more time on? Yeah, absolutely. I um, I had the opportunity uh, a couple weeks ago to talk to um, some of the football players at Athens High School, um, and I kind of touched on this exact same thing. Okay. The, I think that understanding what your priorities are is, is a, so important. Uh, if football and schools, you know, is your most important thing, then everything else needs to come second. So that's like, you know, going out with friends and, um, you know, doing stuff on the weekends and whatever it might be, like, that is secondary to those things. You need to make sure that those are your secondary things. And I talked to, to when I said, the word I used when I talked to them was, was sacrifice. You have to sacrifice a lot of things if you want to get to where you want to go. You can't just do what everyone else does and expect that, you know, you're going to get to where only a few people can go. You know what I mean? Great point, yeah. Um, and then um, I've always been so goal-oriented. So my mindset when I was in high school was that if I want to get a Division One scholarship, I have to behave and train and act like a Division One athlete mm-hmm. until I accomplish that goal. When I got to Ohio University, 
Um, I wanted to be the starting quarterback here, so I did everything that I thought a starting quarterback should do until I got it. Dress for the job you want, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it was little things. So, like, you know, if, uh, you know, a uh, Division One athlete's going to study a little bit every night for his SATs, you know, then, or he's going to do some kind of college-level homework, and that was probably the equivalent of it, then that's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. If that means staying a little bit later after and, and running more sprints or whatever it might be, because that's the kind of shape a college athlete's going to be in, that's what I'm going to do. And when I was, like, trying to be a Division One quarterback, if that meant being the first guy in the locker room, I would literally – me and the guy, his, his name's Quentin Maxwell. He was here before. Yeah. And we're good buddies, and he's at uh, IUP now. Um, I joked with him because we used to try to race each other to see who would get to our early morning lifts first because we were both really competitive guys, and I wanted to make sure that I was being the first guy there. Yeah. I thought the starting quarterback should do. Sure. Yeah. Little things like that that would try to get me to just try to act like that. So if, if I'm a high school athlete, I'm figuring out whatever it might be that I want to do, that I want to achieve. Maybe it's just being a college student. What does that look like? What yeah. does it look like to do what I want to do? Whatever, whatever it might be, um, to, to holding yourself to those standards, making sure that um, whatever you're doing, you're holding yourself to the standards of what you want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's fantastic. And that's how you have to do it if you want to expect anything out of yourself. Right. Man, I want to make sure this point doesn't get lost on anyone. So I'd like to reiterate a couple of things because th this is this is huge. For one, you said that you made this decision in ninth grade you knew this is what mm -hmm. I want to do so a lot of I know a lot of people who are listening are are either fathers mothers of, of kids that are in high school but we've mentioned also we know we have high school students who listen and they actually take some things from this there and people are changing some lifestyles because of right. of this and you know, people have gotten in the weight room for the first time didn't realize oh it's an important thing for me to do if I want to be a college athlete well, yeah. it's an essential yeah. thing for you to do it is it is absolutely true, and, I, and I've seen this, and I've actually I've seen this in two people specifically. I mean, learning more about Nathan's life, I see it in him, and I'm hearing it come out in him here. But I also saw the same thing in a guy named Joe Burrow who went to Athens High School. Elite-level people live differently mm -hmm. than everybody else. They're, they're, they're different. And in fact, some people might look at them and think they're a little weird, think they're a little bit because because you're not doing things that most high school students do. Right. Come on, man, live your life, you know. But what Nathan just said was, if you want, if you have a big goal, it's going to require you sacrificing some things that most other high schoolers just don't want to sacrifice. Yep. So you can't have that goal. A lot of kids say, oh, I've got a goal, I want to play in college. Well, are your daily habits matching that goal that you say that you have? If they don't, you either have to change your habits, or you have to change the goal. That's good stuff. Because they've got to align up. And, yep. and I see that. I mean, and what we're talking about here is just, sim it's, it's something called discipline. You know, you, you created a discipline. You said something about being intrinsically motivated. You don't necessarily have to have external motivators, which I love that because I don't think, I think external motivators are very temporary. Mm. People, truly motivated people, it has to come from inside. And a person who is intrinsically motivated creates for themselves disciplines. You know, they live a certain way. They, they create these habits. And you tend to think that discipline hinders you, like it limits your possibilities, because there are certain things. You always talk, think about discipline and things. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to. We think of it in terms of sacrifice. But discipline creates more. Jocko Willink, I love him. He says discipline creates freedom. Discipline equals freedom. 
and it's so true, high schoolers who are more disciplined, people who were more disciplined in high school have more opportunities today than what, yeah. the, than what the, the ones that, the, I think back to when I was in high school, people who weren't very disciplined, they don't have very many opportunities. They don't have very many, much freedom right now. They're pretty locked in to having to live a life of clocking in every day, you know, doing, doing, living for somebody else. The more disciplined you are, the greater opportunities you're going to have. The most disciplined high school student that I've ever seen in the last 15 years at Athens High School was Joe Burrow. Didn't do a whole lot of the kind of stuff that a lot of people did. He had goals, and he's living those goals now and continue to live them. I, I hear the same exact thing out of you, Nathan. You know, I, that's, a, that's, that is a, that's an elite-level fact mm-hmm. that you got to live differently. It's good stuff, man. It's almost uh, a simple decision, too. You're either going to do it or you're not. It's a choice. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. What, 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 go a little deeper, if you don't mind. Uh, what, what really drives you? I mean, you talk about being inten- intrinsically motivated. What are some of the deepest things that really drive you every single day when you get up? Well, big picture or like small, That's, yeah, small schools? Big and small, however you want, wherever you want to go with it. I think, I think the, bigger, the big thing is, and I made this commitment a, uh, a while ago, but I think it's become more real for me in the last couple of months, is I want to be able to, I want to be able to have a platform where I can be able to, where I can reflect God's, mm. God's, God's glory. And I, I really do mean that. I, mm. I, I look at people who are able to, um, you know, have these great charity events and, and, and raise so much money or impact someone who's in a, in a tough situation. And, and I, you know, uh, who was it? Teddy Bridgewater was bring, giving out money to people, you know, mm-hmm. in the neighborhood and stuff yeah. like that who were very, you know, less fortunate and stuff like that. And I look at that. And it brings tears to my eyes because that's exactly what I want to be able to do. Mm-hmm. But I want to be able to do it through, I want to be able to do it through football. And I think there's so many different, I think, uh, I'm, I was just doing a project about this actually. Um, I think that sports gives so like such a great platform for role models for our youth in this country. And I think that that can be abused in a negative way. Negative way. And I'd love to be a part of the, the, the those people who are doing the right things and they're doing, a, they're doing, making a positive impact. And I'd love to be able to do that. Uh, in a crisis. Mm. So as I wake up, as I do football, yeah. I get closer to that. That's my. That's what drives me. Um, I'm. All, I'm also extremely. I'm a competitive dude, so I, I love. I like to win. Mm-hmm. But as I as I've grown in my faith, I realize that that's not the the only thing. It's the, the greater thing is. is yeah. Mm. I can see that in you, and I and I can see it growing in you as well as as someone who gets gets the chance get, gets the opportunity to see you in that context, not just the context of sports. I mean, uh, you are, uh, your faith is very real and it's a, it's a really refreshing thing to see, especially on a college campus where it's not always easy. <laughs> no, so. no. And in a role that you have, it's not always easy. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and, that, and, and that's, and that's been, it's been a testament to the kind of people that, have been, that I've been able to, or God's surrounding me with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, I, I didn't really, it, I, it's funny cause I was telling, um, I was telling Brett Nicole this, the other day, night, I said the longest time, like they lived down the hall from me for a year. Yeah. And I never talked to them because I knew what they were about. I wasn't ready to give up huh. first out. Yeah. So once I got to know them, know them you knew what was going to happen I if you talked to them. knew how that was going to change my lifestyle and stuff. We yeah. can get into all that stuff, but I, uh, I, it's, it's been about trying to make a positive difference and do it through the, the, the sport that God's given me. Uh, uh, it's given me so much delight. Yeah. 
I'm telling you, there there are some high quality character people on the Ohio University football team. Yeah, extremely, very mature, um, deep faith individuals, um, and uh, I almost feel like these questions we have aren't going <laughs> to live up to, to <laughs> anything else that we've talked about now. Not at all, man. Not Just at all. Well, that's what happens. I think you know when you when you get when you get somebody in here and you start talking about what really matters, yeah, you know, point. I mean, it makes, it makes, Hey, you know, what's your, what, what, what are your goals about playing in the NFL? It almost makes a question like that seem minuscule, right. doesn't it? even it's though it'd be huge in so many people's mind and, and, and it would be what people would expect us to talk about with Nathan. And we still want to, but, but I love the fact that you are driven by something so much bigger than, than football, you know, and that's, that's so evident. Definitely. What's your favorite thing about being a college athlete, Nathan? Uh, just I, 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 I love I love football. Yeah, I love I love football. So just being able to play that and it's, it's to the point where it's pretty much a job, but not I don't say that in a negative way. I don't say like, oh, it's my job. Right. Like I get to it's a fun job. Yeah. It's a job you love. Yeah. Awesome is that after this semester, I'm going to explore the opportunity of playing it for as literally my job. Yeah. Which is like it's a pretty cool thing to think about. Uh, yeah. Wow. So, as much as I'm going to miss this place, I'm really excited about the next chapter. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's what I love about being a college athlete is, is just being able to do that for such a long time and being able to do it with, with such incredible people. Yeah. Let's talk about that since you kind of brought it up. You know, what are your plans after college? You know, coach mentioned if you you know expected mm -hmm. or wanted to go on and play in the NFL or you know what are your goals? What what do you want to what are you looking forward to? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think I think the, the dream that I've had for a while is still much, very much alive. Uh, I'm going to pursue that as much as I can um, and, and, and do it as long as I can or as long as God calls me to. Um, and um, that starts with pro training next next year, in the beginning of the new, new year, um, up until pro day, pro day and then the draft and whatnot. And then if, uh, if that's playing professionally in the CFL, if that – Especially in the X XFL, whatever it might be, I just want to play as long as I can. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, uh, and then, and then I don't know after that. Yeah, so yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. What are, are you graduating this fall? No, in, in December. Spring. So, so you're, so you're going to stay here through the spring. I don't Maybe. Know yet. I don't know yet. I would as, as much as I would love to finish. Just yeah. Based off what that chapter's unwritten still. That's okay. Yeah. So I'm exploring different options. What's your major? Uh, I'm in uh, coaching, doing the undergrad in coaching. Yeah. So, one of these days down the road when playing days are over, like like what happens to all of us at some point. Some people get to choose when they're done. Some a lot sooner than 95% of the people in the world <laughs> do not get to choose when they're done. Yeah. The game chooses for you. And uh, do you want to coach then, obviously? Is that some, that's something that's on the radar. Yeah. Obviously, you're not thinking about it right now, but you're preparing for it, whether you know it or not. Yeah. Yeah, which has been cool because I, I communicated that to my position coach, um, mm -hmm. Coach Itzferding, Um and he now kind of teaches me what we're doing in a way that would benefit me as a coach. Yeah. Which is really, really, really cool. So, um, but yeah, I just want to. I mean, my other than um, other than my parents, my biggest influencers in my life have been coaches or teachers. So I want to be around mm -hmm. that role. Hear that, coaches. Yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> have that kind of impact in some yeah. way. And whether that's, you know, teaching and, at, you know, at a high school level and then coaching or if that's just coaching at the college level, I don't know what that looks like yet. Mm -hmm. but, um, I know that that's the field that I wanted to get into because I find that it's 
been it's been rewarding from the other end of it. I thought you were setting up a future podcast episode. Coach Rourke? Yeah, Coach Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be in here with gray hair and everything. Yeah, hopefully you'll, it'll be a long time from now. I, I suspect it will be. Hopefully we'll but be retired from, from doing yeah, this by then. We'll, that will be, yeah, this will be our full-time job, right? We'll, we'll have already made all so the, much money doing it. All the it, stars we that we will have brought in by then. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I can tell you this from someone who absolutely loved loved nothing more than playing the game of baseball. I mean, it, it lived and breathed it, ate it, drank it, and thought that it was the end of the world on the last day that I played it and um, immediately went into coaching. I, I never realized how much more I could fall in love with the game yeah. um, through coaching. It's a different. It's a different, it's, yeah. it's a different thing. People will often ask you, you know, hey, if you only had the opportunity to, you know, if right now a genie in a bottle mm. gave you the chance to play one more time, to suit up in the actual uniform and go back out and play in a big game one more day, would you take that if that genie said you would never be allowed to coach again? Yeah. My, in my 20s, I would have said without a doubt, I want to go play again. And I still feel that. I mean, when we play the old man's game, you know, we, we, we got an old man's tournament that we play in the, in the late summer, and that's still fun. So I'm thankful for those opportunities. But now, in my 40s, I say no way. I would love to go play, but there is so much, so much that, is, that has shaped me as a person. There's so much that I've learned to appreciate about the games that I coach as a coach that uh, I, I, I couldn't give it up. I couldn't, I couldn't return that yeah. and say never, never come back again. So you will. I mean, even when the game is over, there's, you're going to find that there's so much more joy um, as you get older and those bones get a little creakier and the, the muscles don't are harder to keep strong and all that, you well, know, especially when considering what, you know, what drives you, you know, and your, no doubt, you know, that underlying, no doubt. Yeah. Because coaching, yeah. The most important role I think in the world today is, is a coach. And it's, I mean, it's, and I, I, I go all the way back to biblical days. I mean, that's exactly what Jesus was to 12 men that he called to himself. And it's what, I mean, it, 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 the, the role of being a coach in other, in another person's life like you said, they've the, been the most important people in your life besides your parents and, and your family members. And I say the same thing. I know you do too, Pat. And, and so when, you're, when you are that person for somebody else, that's a big responsibility. It and, it, and, it, and, it, and as long as you have that continual drive to be the best you can be, and, and that comes from a place of great faith in the creator of the, of the, the one that you recognize as your creator, then uh, that's what... That's what makes that person years from now look back and say, man, that coach, that coach was one of the most important people in my life. Yeah. You know, it's those deep things. So, yeah, well, um, I, I, I'm curious. You, I know that you committed to football early in high school. Did you play any other sports when you were younger? I did. Yeah, I did. I played a, I played a whole bunch. I, um, I, I played, uh, I played soccer when I was younger. That was the first sport I got into, um, Played, I played baseball for a little bit. I tried out for uh, the travel ball with the mm-hmm. one of the travel ball teams. Yeah. I got cut from that. That was, that was when I was about, I think it was second grade or something like that. So oh wow! So yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. It's a young yeah. cut, man. So and then I and then I tried out the next fall for football. Uh-huh. So I was like, you're hooked then, right? That, that was, yeah. That was it. Like, the heck with this baseball stuff. Yeah. yeah. So Baseball's I, tough in Canada. Brock's got a few Canadian uh, uh, teammates, and it's interesting to hear them talk about high school baseball 
He said most most his friends don't even play high school baseball. They play on travel teams and they'll go down to Florida and play tournaments. And and you know, the kids that play high school baseball may get eight or ten games in in the spring. Really, I still think that's a very. Do you find that to be true? Well, my high school didn't even have a competition. Yeah. yeah. Team. Oh really? Yeah. It's Interesting. I mean, when I was there, they did. When when Curtis was still going through school, they had they had, they had it later, but not when I was going through. Wow, that huh. makes it almost even more odd that because here's here's the point we we have a Division One starting quarterback that was cut mm. as a young as kid. a young athlete. Yeah, Let I that didn't think about in. that. Yeah, you know, yeah, for all the people out there that you know, we, he, people we, say Michael Jordan was cut. He wasn't cut. Nah, that, yeah, that's fabrication. Yeah. Right, right. Or he just didn't get to start his freshman year. <laughs> right, but you, I, JV team. Yeah. right, he was on the JV yeah. team. Right, but it's valid. I mean, cut. people people think that they can look at a kid when they're eight years old and say he's going to be an athlete or she's going to be an athlete. You, you really, maybe yeah. you can sometimes, most of the time, but you you really don't know the full story. That's true. You know, you're not going to know. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. How long did you? So w- when did you? Were you? Was it ninth grade when you sp- narrowed it down to one sport? <laughs> no, I played. I played. Um, I played basketball all the way through high school. Awesome. Yeah. All the way so you're a two sport athlete. Yeah, yeah. And then so the way that it was structured um, in uh, in Canada was that we and this was this was all the way up until ninth grade. So uh, after that, I only played two sports. But uh, we would play high school football in the fall. And then play basketball in the winter, and then we had a, a spring slash summer league of football mm-hmm. that we played. Yeah, so I would play, and then go right from that to high school. So like I played two different seasons, and the, and that was like a travel ball. Yeah, rep league. Yeah, that we played that we played more teams, and but it would be like more of our local guys would come together, and we'd all play, and then we would break up and go to our different high school teams. So that was like for that was from like fifth grade or fourth grade. Until ninth grade, I did that, and then I only played two sports after that. Hmm. So, yeah, that's you know, multi-sport athlete. Yep, that's that's the that's we are advocates of of that. So definitely, I don't know. I don't, I'm not. A, I've done some things on specialized sports and stuff like that. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not big on that. Yeah. I think, you, I think you just play as much as you can. Yeah. You can get so many different skills from different things, and yeah. And not only that, just like interacting with different. People and yeah. building relationships with team right. teammates and being able to work with different people because I might not I might be able to relate to a football player better than I can a basketball player right I might have to relate to that kind of person when I get to sure yeah and and facing that that struggle of relating to the basketball player when you're not comfortable with it is going to help you when you get yeah it. you've made Pat has made Azapa made a great point about multi sport athletes and that is there's going to be a sport that you're not as good in mm. and. And that struggle actually helps to build. You, it, it actually go. It, it works to make you a better football player if you're struggling in, in basketball. If you're not the best basketball player, you're going to bust your tail to try to be the best basketball player. And that mental struggle that you have, that mental, you know, just all the all the toughness that it's building in you is actually going to make you a better football player. You know what it does? It just provides more challenges to you. It provides more challenges to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because when I was when I was in high school in Canada, I had I played on a team with we had two Division One basketball players. Hmm. Two, um, sorry, uh, yeah, two. One played at Pitt, and I think he transferred somewhere else. But he was at Pitt, and the other one is actually plays for the Knicks now. Oh wow. Oh really? He went to Michigan. He got drafted. Uh, R.J. Barrett and him. So he was a second round pick for the Knicks. 
is at the Knicks now. So I played with him in high school. He was unbelievable. But I didn't have to do a lot of the scoring. So the only way I was going to be able to be on the court was if I played defense and I rebounded. And that's okay. what I, did. I hustled. Yeah. You'd have probably been my favorite player on the floor. <laughs> right. that team. I played the four, but I was okay. not. I was the same height as I am now. So I was very, I was a small four. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do the little things to be able to be on the floor. Right. And just distributed. Talk, let those guys play the offense. Let me. Yeah. You played a lesser role to make your team better, and you embrace that role. Yeah. Right. I'm okay with it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, that is good. Good stuff. Completely different role. No doubt. So growing up and playing all those sports, one of the, one of the questions, we, we, we try to wrap it up here, but we always we don't let anybody leave without answering this question and because it's a, it's a, it's a podcast that, that's built around helping to create a better culture for youth sports. And one of the things we always love hearing is what are, what are, what have been some of your, I guess if you could narrow it down to one, it doesn't have to be the most favorite, but, but what has been like one of your favorite memories from growing up and playing youth sports? And it could be any of those sports. It could be any memory, any sport, you know, soccer. I mean, just, and it doesn't have to be related to the sport, but just growing up being part of the sport what what is uh, a, a memory that comes to mind just as soon as I ask the question? A lot of them came because we were very we were, I was being really fortunate to be on some really successful teams that I played with for uh, with the same group of people, same coaching staff, uh, same group of guys, and it mm-hmm. changed really every every year. So it was cool, and we were we won a lot, like we had a lot of undefeated seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were, so it was really cool to kind of be on that and just be with those guys and stuff like that. But the, f- the coolest thing might have been in youth sports was when we got to high school when, I don't know if that counts as youth sports, but yeah. um, when I got to high school and I no longer played with them, those guys anymore, going and beating them. We played uh, travel ball with uh, a, a nearby, it was called Burlington, so that was a, it's a little bit co- further away from where I live, and we went we had to travel there, to mm-hmm. school, so it was a little bit far, further away. But I went to high school in Oakville, which is where I'm from, or where I grew up, grew up, and they played in the Burlington High School. So when Oakville High Schools, the Burlington High Schools would play each other, obviously it was all them, and then I was playing. <laughs> and their coaching staff. So when we went to go over there, it was always fun. Yeah, you're playing with house money. You're like, hey, if I beat you, I'm doing this all by myself. Yeah. You got you got that, everybody. No, <laughs> not really, but no. The people you're most competitive with are your best friends yeah. and family. I saw Curtis last night on the way out, out of Piedmont Stadium. I said, hey, we're having Nathan on the podcast tomorrow, we should have had you come in as well. We, that could have been some interesting conversation. He said it had just been competing. all that We'd have been competing for, for the microphone the whole time. We had an AIA, we did, uh, AIA this summer, and we played, we had like a, I don't know what we call it, a slapjack. Is that, is that a card game? Slapjack. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a slapjack tournament. Curtis <laughs> and I played each other. And Broke a finger. <laughs> people thought him and I like, hated each other from that. <laughs> no, this is like, this is just a regular thing. Oh, yeah. This yeah. game face, right? So Curtis is a freshman here. Tell tell us for a second about about him. Um, yeah, he's a cool. We have an awesome relationship, so um, we're really really close. Um, we're not very. Uh, I don't. I can't tell. We're like about two and a half years apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's a quarterback as well. Um, he came from Canada rather than going to the states. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that he came from the states, but he came from Canada and. Um, yeah, he's he's taller than I am. He's a little bit differently built. He's built a little bit different. He's longer, um, but he's got a, he's got a really good arm. He's he's a, he's 
excited to see what he's going to do. He's, got, he's going to have more time than I did. So I'm hoping that he's, hmm. he breaks on my record. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. That makes sense because, uh, yeah, he's got more time than he If anyone's going to break him, yeah. uh, may as well be your brother, right? What? That's going to make for awkward Thanksgiving dinners. Uh, uh. It's like the Manning family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who gets the last word in that family? So, yeah, yeah that's cool. It's been awesome. Yeah, the fact that he's here and that he's made this team. Yeah. Really cool. It's just having... That is really cool. You can uh, tell that... Uh, you can tell that he, he is your biggest fan also. While he... I mean, while he likes to compete with you, I'm sure. I, I, it, when you come off, like, uh, you know... I'm, and the games that, that I watch on TV, like when you guys are away, I haven't got a chance to go to any of the away games this year, but when you come off the field after a touchdown or something, it seems like the first guy to give you the hug is, is your is your little brother. That's kind of cool yeah. cool to see. Yeah, it's been cool because, I mean, last year um, he, was, he was still in high school and we were kind of competing for stats. So yeah, right. He would tell me how many touchdowns after yeah. the or whatnot. He was tearing it up. And you're reminded him you're playing against high schoolers, bub. <laughs> <laughs> but now we kind of go through the, the week in terms of preparation and we, we go through the practices mm -hmm. which can be a grind and um, we, uh, we he, he understands what we put in collectively yeah. to be able to have the results that we do and he knows how much it means to me and so when when it, we do have success we just mm -hmm. do all those things and we're fired up he's he's the kind of guy that he's going to get fired up with he's, yeah. He's, yeah that's just that's his stamina Awesome. Person he is, he's gonna be, gonna be just as fired up. A good teammate. Yeah, it is. Yeah. A good teammate, because he did the same thing when I was in Alabama. Um, he had he came down as well because my 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 mom moved down with, with uh with uh, me and um so he didn't get to play that in his tenth grade year. Mm -mm. He just sat. Yeah. Because he was behind um, the coach's son, and he kind of moved away for no reason. Yeah. Wow. All his friends in Canada moving to Alabama had a tough year because obviously he wasn't there for his reason. He spent that that year in the weight room by any chance? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mark Ripto says to do right. Take a year off and lift. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was definitely, but it was tough for me. For right. Was, the whole trip was centered around my right. 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 So it was easier for me to transition, but for him, he just kind of dragged along with it. Wow. Him. Wow. But and then he went back and was able to finish. But it was just a testament to the kind of person he was. It is. Because I, I, I found out later that it was a very, very tough year for him. Sure. Socially, all these different things. But I didn't know that when I was going through it. Yeah. He was just so supportive. I'm sure he has his own dreams, right? And he, he set those aside for a minute. to have him on to... We will definitely we will. have him on. We will. We definitely yeah. will. Yeah. And I, we absolutely look forward to his next three or four years here. I mean, as of right now, he still has the redshirt status probably because he's not he's not been in a game yet. So, you guys need to work up a big lead so we can see him on the field. I know. We're, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> I, really, I know. I know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a it's a tough schedule. It it's that yeah. It, people are you can say what you want, but the, the MAC is tough. It's yeah, it's good. It's, it's a good league. It's legit. Yeah. It's yeah. Really good. Yeah. So awesome. a lot of parity. I agree. Yeah. Has there been anything that, that you've maybe wanted, you know, knowing you're coming into the podcast today and you had a chance to talk, um, you know, to the to whoever listens to our, you know, sports-minded people, but also just, just we have good people that listen as well. We have a good audience. Anything that you that we didn't talk about that you'd like to, to leave us with? Well, um, kind of just going off of it, because we kind of talked about a little bit about what, um, 
Florida student athletes do to prepare themselves for college or something. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a word of advice for me in terms of how my uh, my growth and faith has has changed that changed kind of the way I go through things. Like so, I think I, I think I've told you this, Chris. Um, I I struggle with I still kind of do, but I struggle with like anxiety and nervousness mm-hmm. before games as any athlete does. But the fact that I've been able to grow when my relationship with Christ has been has allowed me to be able to put all those worries and anxiety yeah. and surrender that to him, I think it's made me a better player mm-hmm. because I've been more composed, I've enjoyed the game more, and, yeah. and um, I wish that I had done that when I was in high school. I wish I had done that at junior college, and I wish I had done that in my first two years at, at, in our, at all mm-hmm. um, because it was really only at the beginning of this year where I really said, this is what, like I slid it across the table and I said, this is what I want to do. Yeah, take this yeah. Take everything that I want to do, take that from me. I surrender to you. And when I did that, pressure was instantly lifted. And I, I was telling, I was, uh, this weekend we were playing Ball State and the weather was horrible, mm-hmm. horrendous. And I was throwing in warm ups and I could not throw a spiral. And it was just eating at, just eating at me. And um, I just, I was, I was really, getting really, really nervous about it because I knew that our game plan was that we were going to throw the ball anyways. And um, I said, God, you're going to be throwing the ball. You're going to be doing everything for me today. You're, I'm, I'm relying on you. Yeah. I'm relying on your strength. I can't do this by myself. And the first throw was not was not ugly, was not pretty. It, it it did not get there. But there were some throws in that game where I don't know how yeah. how they got out there because I, I was throwing better spirals than I was mm-hmm. before. Yeah. Wow. And um, so things like that happen. Yeah. And um, so as a as a high school high schooler, I would just encourage you to pursue your faith. Because it's not something separate from sports. It's very much something that you can do to, to glorify and worship God. Absolutely. I feel like every time that I go and play or every time I have practice, that's an opportunity to be able to worship Him. And um, because it's something that He's given me the desire to do. And when I do that to His benefit, I think He gets a lot of joy yeah. out of that. So I would just encourage, and I know that's a long, convoluted answer, but. Uh, it's a great answer. Yeah, it is. <laughs> just encourage everyone who's, who's trying to be an athlete. Yeah. To give their kid to give all of that to, to God and, and just see what happens because it'll do some pretty cool things. Absolutely. I want to tell you something, Pat. One of the most awesome things too was to be witness of uh, a witness to Nathan giving that exact speech to the entire Athens high school football team. Yeah. And uh, unashamed, uh, unabashedly, um, this is this is what this is what drives me, and this is what's going to make you a better player, a better person. And uh, and it was it was really cool. It was cool also to see a, a good group of offensive linemen and teammates standing behind you too. You know, as you, <laughs> as you're as you're giving that talk, you know, it's like if you don't if you don't listen to me, any number of these guys will come up and tell you the same thing, right? But it, it's always good to have that community. But but yeah, I know that you were nervous about that but it, it, it you did a fantastic job and i love it yeah that's I good love stuff it. well i from my experience one of the great things about doing this podcast is it seems like as we go through it and bring people on and, and talk about the things that we do there's always things that that come up that you know you're just not emphasizing enough in your in your coaching life or your athletic mm. life and and man what there is nothing greater than than you know that that concept of your faith yeah. and how important that is to you as a person 
it, it can it can make you do a lot of great things, help you do a lot of great things. Great advice there. Thank you for that. Yeah, Nathan. appreciate it. Thanks for taking some time with us today. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, wish you the best the rest of the season. Go Cats. <laughs>